the beginning of this month. Um, we've been really praying about the direction that the Lord is wanting us to take in moving forward as a church body. Um, we've had a couple of great board meetings, and um, we've sensed the common spirit on how the Lord is moving our church and how he wants us to move forward for his purpose and glory. Since January, we've had um, more meetings about the direction of our campus goals. This past week, one of our days in the fast was focused on prayer and fasting, just specifically for this purpose of campus goals, buildings and grounds, and how God is directing us to continue. Um, we're gathering information on bids and some projects with more details to follow in the future, but there's been no definite plans yet um, for new things. But we're trusting God for the direction he wants us to go in the days ahead. And just a reminder, if you all have any questions or concerns, you can go to any of your board members. Okay, you can bring up concerns or questions or suggestions. We're all here for you all. Um, this past week, um, we spent quite a time discussing some changes that could help us to see our ministry flow. Um, changes that we've talked about, um, suggestions that we've gotten to help us to try and connect and engage with more real people for real relationships, um, to have a real encounter with God, all of us together. We believe that we cannot expect to see new and different results if we continue to do ministry in the same way. And just as we've been talking about change and being refreshed all through this morning service, I thought how, when I pulled up how beautiful the sun is shining on the snow. And I always think of the subtle changes of the season. God constantly is reminding us that change is a good thing because seasons come about and seasons go. And I always think of the snow blanketing the earth as refreshing the earth for the good things to come in the year ahead. So um, we want to kind of do our ministry in the same way. We have to maybe have some changes to grow and refresh and get ready for the year ahead. So um, we're going to be tweaking our program the week after Easter. I can see the excitement out there. You all are ready, I can tell. But we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. But um, one certain change that will happen is we're going to have a new corporate worship experience um, called Connect the Power. Now, I don't know who came up with that catchy phrase, but I think it's a keeper. Um, this service will be a new opportunity for us to worship together as a holy body of Christ that is PCN in a free and prayerful approach to connect to the power of the Holy Spirit. And tonight we're going to have an example to wet your whistle. So make sure you're here. If you're not on the ski trip, be here. So, um, so I'm asking you to please to continue for us as church as a whole, for your board members, for your pastors, for all of us, um, as we seek God's purpose and plan for PCN going forward. It's an exciting time to be part of a church board that believes in what God is doing. And we trust that he leads us. We will all be able to follow the Lord more faithfully. And so I want to just thank you, and I want to thank all my fellow board members, and Pastor BJ and Pastor Greg and Pastor Alicia. So, thank you. Thank you, Sally. I'm so thankful for our church board and our leadership. Um, they do not take their jobs lightly, and uh, I am so thankful uh, that they care uh, so much, first and foremost, about serving the Lord, but secondly, about serving in that capacity, about leading this church. And we're in, in some exciting days, as, we, as she shared, uh, some tweaks are coming to our programming. Uh, we're looking to launch some of these things the week after Easter. So we've got some time to explain everything to you, give you some understanding of what's going to happen, and then we'll give you the details, and we'll, we'll start out on this journey together, trusting God to do His work. Amen? And I'm believing for great things as we trust Him, and we put, uh, put His faithfulness uh, in, in play. Amen? And I'm looking forward to that. So today, though, I want to begin a new journey with you that's going to lead us through this time, and it's going to actually lead us into revival, our revival services that are coming up. And so uh, as, we, as we begin this series, I've entitled it RE, R-E, just simply RE. 
And each week in this series, we're going to talk about a different word that, you guessed it, begins with the letters R-E in that prefix. Well, let me give you a little background. As we get ready for this series, the RE series is going to lead us into revival. Our revival services are March 15th through the 18th. It's in your bulletin. Mark it down. You don't want to miss it Sunday through Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday through Wednesday, every night. And it's going to be a great time. We have Dr. Dave McKellops is going to be joining us to do the preaching. He is the district superintendent in the Northeast Oklahoma district and a dear friend of, of mine and our families. And uh, I'm looking forward to having uh, Dr. McKellops here. And then also we are going to have uh, Bob and Becky Gray with us doing our music. And they have been here in the past. It's been a quite a while since they've been here, uh, but they're looking forward to coming back. And so we're looking forward to that as well. So make plans, mark your calendar. Don't plan anything else during that time, and we want you to be here, and we can experience God's power together in those special services. But for the next few weeks, we want to talk about this prefix, re, re. And so, as I bring this up this morning, this, this prefix, if you don't know what this means, we use this in, in so, so many different words in our English language, but what this prefix literally means is back or again, re, back or or again. And today we're going to focus on the word remember as we talk about remembering today. Have you ever had that time in your life where somebody, especially nowadays, where uh, before social media was so prevalent, we had these things in our homes called photo albums. Anybody have any of those still? Yeah. Um, those are so fun to look at and to go through and you see how, how well technology has changed, how, how life has changed. But it, what's so scary nowadays is that there's people that will go through those reminiscing times and they will go through their, their photo albums and they will pull those photos out and then they'll begin to snap digital pictures of them and then all of a sudden all of your embarrassing moments are out on the internet for everybody to see and now we get to remember everything that was hidden is now in the open. Has that ever happened to anybody but me? Uh, I, uh, I asked for some help in this, uh, so I have a few pictures I want to show you that came out of this remembering time with my mom, and uh, this is what she, she sent me some of these. There's a, there's a good one. Uh, it's a little scrunched. It's a little, again, it's an old photo. Uh, can you guess who that is? That's Elliot. You're right. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Uh, that's me. Uh, that's me. Uh, I was a ring bearer at my uncle's wedding. And I want to talk a little bit more about that later. Let's look at the next one. Hey, can you guess who that is? Uh, I was in timeout for that one, I guess. Uh, we lived in Kansas City. That's in Gardner, Kansas. And uh, I got pushed to the kid table. And not only the kid table, that's like a princess table. So uh, I have my chocolate milk there. I was ready to go, but a little, uh, little embarrassing. Then this next one is really embarrassing. Um, yeah, that's me stuffing my face. I'm good at that. Yeah, uh, I, I can do that quite well. Uh, but that's at a Royals game, and I believe I was with our, our friends, uh, the Spikers, that night, and they're here today, and so thankful for that. But we had a great time going to Royals games together. And that was probably Buck Night, which at Kauffman Stadium, dollar, dollar nights. Dollar, that's the only way I could afford a hot dog at a ball game, right? Uh, dollar nights, so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, some embarrassing photos. You probably have some, and after this message today and after you hear this, you're going to make sure you go home and you're going to say, do not put anything on the internet ever again. Uh, we talked about remembering, and I don't want everybody to see those things. You see, we all have times in our lives where we have these memories, and some of them we wish we could forget. Some of them are so bad that we just wish, you know what, I wish this wasn't even there. But then we all have memories, too, that I believe they want, that we want them to last forever. Things that have happened in our life that when we remember them, it just recalls such good memories. It helps us to, to remember God's faithfulness over the years. It helps us to remember those times of love and enjoyment with our family and our friends. And it's, it's one of those things that we want to hang on to forever. We want to remember it forever. Some good memories, they do keep us motivated. They keep us encouraged about what is going on in life. And so we want to remember. We want to remember those things. A, a famous theologian once said these words. It's in your outline if you're taking notes. Jot this down. He said, anyone who feels neither responsibility towards the past nor a desire to shape the future 
is one who forgets. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that. I think it's very important that we think about that for a moment because as we think about remembering, there's purpose in remembering. There's purpose in it. So what is it about remembering that is meaningful and purposeful? Why does God want us to remember things? I think it's important that we think about that. Remembering, I believe, is important to God. I believe it's important to God. And we're going to look at God's word today and we're going to see how remembering is important to him and why it should be important to us. The first example I want to give you is from Joshua chapter 4. We're going to talk about this story a little bit later, but let me plant a seed for you. In Joshua chapter 4, we see the story of Joshua and he is, he is now taking over the regime that Moses has been leading the people of Israel and now he's handing the reins over to Joshua and Joshua is the man who's been put in charge, who's been called to lead the people into the promised land. And so Joshua, in Joshua chapter 4, we see of Joshua taking the people across the Jordan and in, into the promised land, but God stops them just as they get through. And he says to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to choose 12 men from every tribe, and I want you to go back into the riverbed, and I want each one of them to pick up a stone and put that on their shoulder. If this wasn't just some little pebble, okay, these men had to go in and grab probably the biggest stone they could carry, lift it up on their shoulder, and they brought it out to a place where Joshua was telling them to set this up. And we see in Joshua chapter 4, verse 6, we see that Joshua says this to these people. He says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In other words, we're going to use these stones to remember what God has done for us and his faithfulness. It's important to remember. Amen? We see in the New Testament in Luke chapter 22, the Last Supper, Jesus is is meeting with his disciples, his apostles, his chosen 12. And the time of his ministry and the time of his life on earth is coming to an end. And he wants them to remember all that they have gone through together. And so they go and they prepare the Passover feast. And after it's all over and after after they've celebrated, they have what we call the Last Supper. And Jesus sits down with his disciples and he breaks the bread and he gives them the bread and says this is a the reminder of, of my body that's going to be broken for you. And then after they break the bread, he takes the cup and he says, I want you to remember this new covenant I'm making with you. The love that I have for you, the sacrifice that I'm going to make when I go to this cross, I want you to remember. And he says some key words to us in the book of Luke that, that we need to remember as well. And he says, every time you do this, remember me. It would have been a great, really a great segue for us to have communion today, amen? As your pastor, uh, I have to apologize because I failed to check supplies. And we are short supplies, and that's my fault. So we are going to remember to have communion next Sunday. (laughs) So if you want to come next Sunday and receive the grace of communion and, and gathering around the Lord's table. We are going to do that together next Sunday. And don't worry, it fits into the message next week as well. But every time Jesus sat down with his disciples for this special meal and this special time, he said to them, I want you to remember this because it's important. Remembering is important to God. I believe that remembering is important to us. You see, we all have this innate, natural tendency to want to remember. And you might be saying, no, I don't, Pastor. Don't tell me what I know and what I think is important. No, don't tell me that. Well, I want to say this. How many of you are married? How many of you have been born? How many of you just don't want to raise your hands? Yeah, okay, okay. There we go. Some, Some truth and honesty. I appreciate that. Yeah. So if you're married, you have a a natural tendency. Maybe you don't want to, but you need to remember your anniversary. Amen? Okay, there was, a, there was a few women there. Uh, uh, yeah, you want to remember your anniversary. Uh, I had a, a, a colleague of mine this week that was very faithful in reminding me that Friday is Valentine's Day. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. And Pastor Greg continued to remind me almost every day that Valentine's was Friday. And I hope you guys remembered that Valentine's Day was Friday. We like to remember birthdays. Uh, sometimes as we get older, we want to forget the number that we've had, but we like to celebrate. We like to remember those times. I don't know about you, I have my calendar on my phone. How many of you have your calendar on your phone? It's with you almost everywhere you go. 
How many of you set little reminders on your calendar to make sure that you re are reminded to do something? I have to do that or I'll forget sometimes. Oh, it's 4.30. I forgot to get the kids from school. I need to go do that, you know. And uh, we got to remember those things. We got to remember important things to do. And, and sometimes there's all of these memories that come up that we just, we just have a desire to need to remember certain things. I, was, uh, I grew up in Colorado, and uh, I was thankful for our time there. And being a, the son of a pastor, we, we did move around quite a bit growing up. And uh, so I grew up in Pueblo, Colorado, and I've shared that with some of you before. And, and our youth leader in Pueblo, his name was Phil, and Phil was a great man. And Phil, Phil was very good at having these special moments of, of remembering. And so uh, I was preparing this message, and I don't believe it was a coincidence, but... Um, as I was preparing this message on remembering, I got an email on Tuesday from Phil. And I thought it was just really, uh, really purposeful and real, really meaningful. We had a great little exchange this week in communication. But one of the things that Phil did for us when we left Pueblo, uh, he did not like to say goodbye. He, he hates to say goodbye. And uh, he said, BJ, I'm not going to say goodbye to you. And uh, he, he, the last Wednesday night of youth group that we were there in Pueblo... He's, he organized this special time together, and he called it Remember When Night. And as I was preparing this message, I continued to remember those moments of remember when we went to a weekend retreat in the snow and played football in a horse corral with uh, snow up to our knees and uh, who knows what else underneath the snow, and it was just one of those things that was really fun. And then We'd have, we'd have services on those weekend retreats, and one of the, one of the things we, we would do in youth group, and if you're a teen in here and listening to this, please don't do this. Pastor Greg will kill me if you do this. Uh, but we would have dog pile fights before the service started, and usually it was the biggest guy going to pick on the littlest guy, and so I found myself at the bottom of some of those piles. Uh, but we remember when, and I remember specifically when one of those dog pile fights came, and Phil was probably 6'3", 6'4", about 250, big old guy. And he came over and he tackled me. And I'm a little runt, about three and a half feet tall, you know, 40 pounds dripping wet, you know, that kind of thing. And he laid over top of me, but he braced the entire pile on himself. And I remember that. And I just thought, you know what, he's protected me. He's letting me be part of the fun, but he's protected me. And it was just fun. And there's moments like that that we just say, you know what, do you remember when? And, and I, I encourage you to go home today. And while you're eating lunch with your family, with your friends, would you just have a moment where you say, remember when? And tell the story. Tell the story of what happened. Remember when. So let's look at, our, look at God's word to find out why it's so important to God and how it can help us today. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, you can. Deuteronomy chapter 7, it's in the Old Testament. Moses is writing these words and he's reminding the people of Israel of what has taken place. And I want us to read these couple of verses to see why it's important to God and why it can help us today. Here's Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 17. Perhaps you will think to yourselves, how can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? You have to remember in this time that the nation of Israel was under attack. They were trying to figure out God's purpose for them, and they were moving forward. And they're saying, how can we conquer these nations that are bigger than us? And they're looking into the promised land, and God's showing them where they're going to go, but the people there are already there, and they're inhabiting the land, and so they don't know how they're going to take the land from them. And so they're asking the question, how can we ever conquer these people? Verse 18, but don't be afraid of them. Just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh, and to all in the land of Egypt. Remember the great terrors the Lord your God sent against them. You saw it all with your own eyes. And remember the miraculous signs and wonders, and the strong hand and powerful arm with which he brought you out of Egypt. You see, Moses is reminding the people of Israel as they've wandered in the wilderness for almost 40 years at this point. And Moses is reminding them, remember, we did get delivered out of Egypt. Remember, the mighty hand of God will help us. And God wants us to remember the mighty things he's done. But why is it so important? 
Why is it so important? Remembering God's faithfulness in the past, here's why it's important. It allows us to trust him in the present. Remembering God's faithfulness in the past allows us to trust him in the present. Moses is writing this text and he's reminding the people of God to remember what the Lord has done for them throughout the years. You know, in this 40-year journey, they have grumbled and complained, but yet God still took care of them and met their needs. There's been so many things that have gone on and Moses even says this, and I think even today we need to be reminded of this. He says to them, you saw it all with your own eyes. How often and how soon we forget some things that we have seen with our own eyes. And we wonder, is God going to be faithful? But many times in our life, I think this is true, many times we remember the bad things and we forget the good things. We forget the good things. I don't know if, if, um, if your marriage is anything like mine, but over the years, uh, Alicia and I have been married. It'll be, uh, yeah, she's not here, so I can take more time to think about that, right? Uh, no, it'll be, uh, I, I believe it'll be 15 years this May. So, uh, yeah, we've been together a, a, quite a little while. And um, over those 15 years, about, I won't tell you how many have been good years um, or bad years, but we've had some struggle over those 15 years. And uh, there's times when in the midst of those struggles that when we begin to get into a disagreement that all I can remember are all the bad things that she's done to me. And there's times when all she'll remember is the bad things I've done to her. But yet, what brings us through those times? Or when we realize and we stop and we say, you know what, it's not just been bad, but I remember the good things you've done for me. I remember why I fell in love with you. I remember, I remember why I gained so much weight. You know, you're such a good cook and, and I just have to eat and eat and eat. Now I'm paying the price for it, you know. These things that I love about her, I love the way... I love the way when she gets ready to go, go out with her good-looking, hot husband that she smells good. You know, the little things that, that matter. You remember those things. And when you remember and start to recall the good things, it helps you to forget the bad things. It remember those things that God has been faithful to bring you through. And so if you've had a marriage that's been on the rocks, but you, and you've, you can focus on the bad, but then you can say, you know what, God's delivered us from that. Or he's given you victory over that. Maybe you've even experienced those times when, when you've had such a bad sickness and then all of a sudden God touches you and, you're, and your life has totally changed. And instead of remembering all the bad part of being in the hospitals and being sick, you remember the victory that God has done for you. And you can focus on the good things. And you can remember that God has been faithful over the years. It's important to God to remember his faithfulness in the past so we can trust him in the present. Think about it even from a church standpoint. This year we celebrate 75 years as the Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene. That is, that is a great history that we're going to celebrate later this year, and we're so excited for that. And I think about some of those things as you read the history of our church from, from the, the prayer services that started this church up in the, up in the, in the, in the upstairs of, of people's houses as, as women and men were on their knees and on their faces crying out to God, we need a holiness movement here in Pittsfield. And they began to pray and then to, the, to the, the purchase of the first building and the first church where they could meet and have worship to, to the second time of seeing God move and in the 70s where this church would run 300 people in, the, in this morning worship service. That's, that's God's faithfulness in the past. And as we remember those good times and we see how God has blessed this church, it allows us to trust him right now when we just got news this morning that change is coming. If God has been faithful for 75 years, don't you think he can be faithful this year? Don't you think even if we're a little nervous, he can be with us in that? Remembering his faithfulness helps us to trust him in the present. When we remember his faithfulness in the past, it also directs our actions in the future. It directs our actions in the future. In 1 Samuel 17, we read the story about David and King Saul. Very familiar story. If you've, if you've been around church long enough, you know the story of David and Goliath. And, and the giant is out, and he's just out tormenting King Saul and his army, and, and David comes along to, to bring 
food to his brothers who are serving in that army. And David goes to King Saul because he wants to fight the giant. And we pick it up in, in 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. And David said to Saul these words, Your servant has been, or in your translation on the screen, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and his goats. He said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. Keep going. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine giant too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. You see, David, and, and then we see in this last part of the verse, Saul finally consented. He said, go ahead, may the Lord be with you. You see, David goes to Saul, and David's this scrawny little shepherd boy from all appearances. And he's given him his resume to the king. He's saying, you know what, king? Here's what I've done as I've been watching sheep. When the lion has come and taken one of these sheep, that sheep is valuable to us. So I go and I hunt down the lion and I take a club and I beat that thing and I kill it and I rescue that sheep. When a bear has come, that bear is so much bigger, but when it has taken a sheep and it has tried to get away, I've chased it down, I've killed it. I've taken that sheep and rescued it so that it would live. And the same thing that God helped me do to those animals I will do to this giant. You see, remembering God's faithfulness in the past was, should direct our steps in the future. It should direct our actions of what we're going to do. And, and David is building this up. And again, I, I think about David and he's saying, I can do this because I'm trusting in the Lord and his delivery in the past is going to help me in the future. And I'm claiming victory over his, my actions because God is going to be with me in this moment. I think about our church again, and I think about some of this history that's happened when this part of the building, this sanctuary was built. You know, we're a full generation removed from this sanctuary being built and, and debt being on this church. And, and, and many people don't realize all the, that went into that process. And as, they, as the church board decided together with prayerful support and encouragement from trusting, the, trusting what God had done in the past, to say, you know what, God's going to help us to pay the mortgage and to make sure that we can continue to do ministry for this beautiful facility that he's letting us use and blessing us with. And in fact, God had been so faithful over the past that he directed them to do this, and God continued to bless them and bless us all, bless you all as well, because I wasn't here. But now there's no debt because the debt was paid off early. You see, God's faithfulness in the past will direct us to trust him with our actions in the future. And back there, clear back in the 1990s, seems so long ago, amen? Or it seems just like yesterday. Almost 30 years ago, this was built. And if God could do it then, don't you think he could direct our actions in the future? As we shared this morning, we don't know as a leadership team yet what new buildings or new structures may take place. We don't know that yet. We're still trusting God for that. But I'm here to tell you, I want to remember how he helped us in the past because I want him to direct our actions going forward. I don't want to take out any step in the future without him going with us. Amen? Remembering God in the past directs our actions in the future. If he's done it before, he can do it again. And we need to trust that he will direct us once again. You see, the decisions we make today will be our memories for tomorrow. And if you think about that for a moment, it's, it can be very humbling. I've been thinking about that this week as we've had board meeting and we've been thinking about the, the future of our church and I think about the fact that God has placed me insignificant me in this church at this time and I think God I don't have experience with this I wasn't in construction before I don't know how this works I, I can't believe you've called me here for this time to lead us into a potential building project what 
But the decisions we make today are going to be the memories that we look back on later and say, God, thank you for delivering us then because we're still trusting you now. Amen? And maybe you don't even realize it, but, but today, spending time today here in church, hearing this message, maybe the, God is going to speak to you something that's going to that's trigger you and it's going to trigger something in you that changes your life forever. And you're going to remember his faithfulness. On February 16th, 2020, you made a decision because you heard how important it was to remember God's faithfulness that you were going to trust him going forward. Maybe you're going to go home today and you're going to spend some time with your children or call your grandchildren and you're going to remember those good times today that are going to be hard to cherish and remember tomorrow. Maybe you're going to remember and that first home you bought or built and the memories of love and provision that God provided for you at that time. Maybe it's a job you took a chance on and you, maybe you had to move your family or maybe you had to risk your livelihood and, and God delivered you from it and maybe you took a chance on somebody else and God has given you confidence for the future because he was with you in the past. You see, if remembering is so important to God, there's times in our life that I, I think we struggle and we, we excuse our memory. I've even heard it already this morning as I've talked to many people in the foyer. Well, you shouldn't be forgetting. You're not that old. That's my job. Well, if it's so important to God, it's kind of scary that that responsibility is so big. Well, I'm not good at memorizing, Pastor. I'm not good at, at recalling things. It, and my me- I'm getting older and my memory is, is fading. What can I do to get better at this, to remember those times and, and be faithful? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay? If you're taking notes, write this down because that's your first point in the notes. How do you remember? Write it down. See how I work there? That's, that's good. That's good, right, Sarah? Yeah. Write it down. Write it down. Simple enough, right? Simple enough. God's word. We go back to Joshua's story in Joshua chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Here the first list in the Bible that was written down. Joshua said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes and Israelites to serve as a sign among you. I believe, this is just my interpretation of this, to serve as a sign among you. To me, this would probably be the first written list or the first visible list in the Bible. Now, sure, you might go back to Genesis and say, here's the animals two by two into the ark. Well, was there a visible chart? I don't know. I don't know that. But here it says to serve as a sign. In other words, we're going to do something tangible that we can see. These, this memorial is going to be something that we can look back on. We can recall. It's going to be a sign among your people. Write it down. You see, when you don't write it down, you forget. When you don't write it down, you forget. How many of you have gotten this call while you have been at work or you've been away and it's this call? Honey, can you go to the store before you come home and pick up these four things? Sure, babe, no problem. Well, honey, you need to write this down because this is important and I don't want you to forget. Nah, I got it, babe. I got it. <sighs> okay. I need milk. I need eggs. I need... And the list goes on. You go about your day. You keep doing things. You're like, oh, I got to run to the store. I run to the store. I get to the store and I'm thinking, milk, I got the eggs. Uh, and then you've got to make that humbling call. Hey, babe, I love you. I got the milk. I got the eggs. I didn't write down the rest. I won't ask you how many have done that. But it's important. If we don't write it down, we forget. We forget what we're supposed to remember. This week, as I was talking about remembering and I was going through things, I've been... Uh, if you haven't been in my office lately, I've rearranged my office. And, and, I, and I love to do that from, a, from time to time. It gives us a, a fresh feel. It gives me a fresh feeling in that office, and I just like it. Well, I came across some of my old journals this week. 
Very pertinent timing. God knew what he was doing. And I started reading through one of these journals that happened to be in a time when I was a senior in high school and I was getting ready to go off to college and there was a, there was a memory in there that, that my brother uh, Brady wrote. Uh, he wrote me a song before I left for school. And I just, I read that and wept again as I read that memory. I was thankful that he wrote it down because I could call Brady up and I could say, hey Brady, you remember that song you wrote me? He's like, no. <laughs> I said, here's the words and he'll just play it because it'll come back to him. He'll remember it. I wrote down some, some notes as I was preparing messages from back in that time. 2002, 2002, so 18 years ago, almost to the day in February. And I, and I found these notes on a message I was writing from 18 years ago that was a very similar message to the message I preached last week. And I thought, God, why wasn't this a week earlier? I could have used these notes, you know. But I thought it was really cool because the timing was just, was perfect. We write things down so we can remember it. Write it down. The second thing we've got to do is we've got to tell it to others. How do we remember? We've got to tell our story. Tell our story. Joshua's story continues in, in verse 6, the second half of it. He says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel for two weeks. No, forever. You see, if we don't tell our stories, then people are going to miss opportunities to see the Lord at work. You know, there's, there's, there's some of you that are really good at telling stories. And you tell stories to remember, but some of you forget how many times you've told the same story. But here's the deal. I'm going to make a deal with you today, okay? As your pastor, you have my word that I will never stop you from telling me the same story again. Because I believe it's that important that we continue to retell our story. So I expect the same grace back in 20 years when I'm telling you a story in a sermon that you've heard for 15 different times. Amen? All in favor say aye. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> you guys are good. No, we've got to keep telling it and retelling it. You see, future generations will repeat past mistakes without the learning from others' experiences. Future generations are going to repeat the same mistakes we make today if we don't tell them about our experiences and they learn from it. Some of us and some of you have kids that are not going to learn by you telling them they've got to go out and do the same stupid things you did. That's just life. That's God's humor of saying, guess what? You were trouble for your mom and dad. Now I'm giving you the same. Here you go. But we need to try to teach the next generation that you don't have to mess up like I did. You don't have to make the same mistakes again. You can learn from my experiences. My bad experiences don't have to be yours. And we can learn and grow so that future generations don't have to keep going through the same process. They can move forward. Amen? When God's been faithful in the past, to deliver us. It helps direct our actions in the future. And I'm here to tell you, if it helps direct our actions, it shouldn't help direct the actions of the future generation. Amen? Tell it to others. Tell it to others. I want to go back to these photos because one way that we write things down now is we take pictures. Many of you have something on your, in your pocket or in your purse that you use all the time to take pictures. And I know some of you have to dump those off onto a memory card or something else and you're gonna, your kids are going to have so many computer thumb drives to go through when you go to heaven that they're just going to be like, wow, what was she thinking? And I say she because I don't know too many men that have that problem. But we have pictures, don't we? I want to show you some of these pictures of things that I have experienced. This is, a, this is my favorite picture. And I, I was telling myself, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry. This is, uh, my dad calls us the three BJs, and uh, we are all BJs. I'm Benjamin Jason, my sister was Bethany Joy, and my brother is Brady James. And we were the three BJs with dad, and uh, before, 
You see Emma photobombing it in the back, but uh, before I had my own little munchkins, this was my purpose. I was part of a family that had purpose and meaning. My dad and my mom raised us to follow after the Lord, and my family was my purpose. They taught me to look for a great wife, and so you'll see in this next picture another great day in my life. This is a great memory. 27 people at our wedding. We started filling out the uh, guest list, and I got through my aunts and uncles, and the list was 150 people, and Alicia said, nope, if you want to marry me, we've got to fix that right now. Uh, we had 27 people at our wedding. Uh, it was a great day, and uh, there's two good-looking lovebirds. That became my purpose on May 27, 2006. Then I got another purpose. <laughs> I love that picture. You might wonder what we're doing. Uh, we're sitting there reading Christmas scriptures and we're going through our Advent calendars because, because my purpose had changed. You see, I had to raise my own little BJs, teach them the ways of the Lord. I love those times of they look forward to the chocolate. I look forward to this. And uh, what a great memory that is. Then I had some other times where don't just pass down your, your, your faith. Uh, this is Elliot, uh, a.k.a. Alex Gordon. Um, the caption on this photo said, Hey, Mom, do I look like Alex Gordon? Uh, this was, uh, I coached Elliot's baseball team in Iberia and got to teach him the things that I love and am passionate about. And even before that, you'll see a picture here. Uh, again, some purpose in my life. This was in Kansas City, and I don't have a highlighter to show you, but if you can see the, the middle boy there with the black and gray shorts, that's, that's Ian. And I was coaching his first ever flag football team. And I can't tell you how proud I was the first day he threw his first touchdown pass. And I got to teach him how to play sports and be a good teammate. Gave me purpose as a dad. And I get to tell you about it now. I get to recall these memories with you a little bit. Then you see a picture I showed you earlier. This picture of, of me at, I believe I was about two years old, was the ring bearer for my Uncle Bud and my Aunt Holly's wedding. And you might say, well, why is that important you were two years old? Well, go to the next picture because it's the same picture there in Gardner. You see, when I, was, when I was 18, 19 years old, I took off to Mid-American Nazarene University to begin to follow my dreams, to go into ministry and get my education. And I made some choices in that time frame that, that took me a different direction, all in my own doing. Started to run from that call, started to run from God's provision in my life. And Kansas City became a place that I hated. Hated Kansas City. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want anything to do with Kansas City. And God's sense of humor did something in our life that for three and a half years we lived in Kansas City after we got married. And I sold insurance and I worked for a great company and great family. And God provided for us for three and a half years, gave us a great church to get involved in and great friends to live life with and share life with. And I've told you many things about that. But the reason this is so important because in that time of being back in Kansas City for those three and a half years, God redeemed that time when I was 18 years old and I rejected him and went away and then go back to the other picture please the little boy one we're at Living Hope Church in Kansas City Olathe Kansas and you have to know something about this church this church in Olathe Kansas is there's there's a lot of Nazarenes in, in Olathe and Kansas City area it's what I call the Nazarene Mecca of Nazarenes. Everybody who's Nazarene goes to Kansas City. It's where headquarters is and all of that good stuff. And so in our church, you can only imagine how many Nazarene professors or theologians were in our church. And our pastor, Pastor John Mara, was so gracious and such a great leader. I'm thankful for our time under Pastor John. He was going on vacation once and he said, BJ, I want you to preach for me while I'm gone. And I was so humbled because I thought, professors that I dropped out of their class so many years prior are going to be sitting in that audience 
And I remember waking up that Sunday morning to go to the school that we were meeting in. And I remember God whispering to my, to my spirit saying, DJ, I've redeemed the years that the enemy tried to take away. And on that day that I preached my first sermon in Olathe, Kansas, a place I hated, my Uncle Bud and Aunt Holly were sitting right there on the second row to support me and be there for me. What an incredible support they've been over the years. So this picture reminds me of my Aunt Holly, my Uncle Bud, and just the support they've given me over the years. It gave me purpose. It gave me meaning. It reminded me of what God had done in my life. And as I continued to live, let's go to the next, the next one. This is a great picture a couple years ago. This was a year, this was a day I looked forward to uh, for a long time in my life. You might know the guy there on your right still has a shiny head like that. Uh, Chris Schatz, my other friend Justin. That was graduation day at Nazarene Bible College, and I worked hard for those yellow cords. God gave me a purpose to go and to finish what he had started in my life. I was so thankful for that. Then the next picture, same year, just a few weeks after that, this is ordination night at the Northeast Oklahoma District Assembly. That's my dad, my brother next to me. This was the night that the Church of the Nazarene laid their hands on me and ordained me as an elder in the Church of the Nazarene and gave me purpose for my calling to pastor and to lead God's church. What an incredible night that was. And the memories of God's faithfulness brought me to this night so that I could tell you about it and remind you of how God has been faithful over the years in my life, and I'm so thankful for that. You know, there's other times when we have to tell the past or tell the future generations about the past so they won't make the same mistakes and they can learn from our experiences. One of the things I am deeply saddened by is that my sister, who was my biggest fan, couldn't be at graduation for my ordination service. You see a picture here. That's my sister. One of her best days. Beautiful picture. My sister was beautiful. Had a beautiful voice. She's singing with the angels today. And that's my little Emma. Smiley. That was my sister's motto. She says, see how much I love you. My sister loved like Jesus. No boundaries. My sister hurt because she loved so hard. My sister got broken hearted because she loved so hard. And she loved with purpose and intention. And she didn't care how bad she hurt. She was going to love everybody around her. And she loved my kids. And she loved me and my brother and our family. She loved her kids. And I get to tell my kids because my kids, she doesn't get to see my kids grow up. She doesn't get to see. She didn't get to meet Tamari. She didn't get to see what we're going through. But we have this really cool remembrance of my sister. We got these pictures that are so much fun and uh, we have some videos of her singing and, and just those things that we can recall that we can show our kids and they can remember how much their Aunt Beth loved them and cared for them even though they were too young to probably even remember some of those moments. But in our back door, as you're going out to our backyard, we, we purchased something from one of the flowers at her graveside. And it sits in the middle of an angel. And it hangs there by our window. And I remember just a couple weeks ago, holding little Sakina up in my arms. She goes and she hit the angel. And I joke around when I talk about it, but I said, you know what, Sakina, that's Aunt Beth. It's Aunt Beth's angel. She would have loved you. She would have cared for you. Aunt Beth still watching over us in, in a silly sort of way. <laughs> but we get to remember God's faithfulness because Aunt Beth's in heaven today. And one day, we're going to be reunited. And we're going to rejoice together for God's faithfulness that brought us to that point. How do we remember the past? We write it down so we don't forget we tell it to others because it helps others learn from our experiences as well. 
I want to close with a simple thought today. Will you choose to remember the good that God has done for you in the past? Will you choose to remember the good that God has done for you in the past? It's easy to remember the bad sometimes, but we've got to remember the good. Why? So that the future will be a testimony to our faith in God. Today, I want us to remember while we're here, we worship a great God. We worship a big God. We worship a God who loves us so much that he cares so much for us that he wants us to be reminded that no matter what we face, he's gonna be with us. We need to remember his faithfulness so we can trust that he's with us in the present and we can believe that he will help us with our actions in the future. I'm looking forward to being your pastor over this next year and more as God walks us through these next steps. But I'm here to remind you how important it is for us here at PCN to remember his faithfulness, especially when times get hard, especially when things may not go the way that you'd like or you'd hoped or you're comfortable with. God wants to do a new thing. And in fact, he's already begun. Amen? I want to encourage you tonight. Coming up tonight at 6.30, we're going to come tonight and we're going to connect to the power. We're going to come and we're going to sing together. We're going to pray together. We're going to share testimonies. If God's been working in your life over these last couple weeks through the fasting time, please come. Please come. We want to worship together. We want to, we want to connect to the power of God together tonight. So I want to invite you to come tonight for this special service, 6.30 tonight. Would you stand with me this morning? God, you are faithful. You've always been faithful. I thank you for your faithfulness over the last 75 years for Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene. For those charter members that spent hour upon hour upon hour on their knees and on their faces crying out to you because they loved you and they desired that your spirit and your presence would inhabitate Pike County and Pittsfield. I thank you for their faithfulness over the years. I thank you for their example. I thank you for them telling their stories and continuing the chain down the line so that we today can remember your faithfulness then and trust you today in the present and believe you to take us through to the future. God, we love you. Help us to write down our memories. Help us to take pictures and help us, God, to tell others about what you've done in our life so that they too can experience your love and your faithfulness and your forgiveness. We love you, God. We give you praise. I pray that you would protect our young people and our families that are skiing and traveling today. Give them safe traveling mercies, but Lord, I pray that you would encounter them in a so real way that they come back to us changed like never before. And God, we will give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight at 6.30.